Hello, everybody. Welcome to Banana Split, the podcast where an Asian guy and a white guy talk about geeking news and trendy events. But today we have a special debate edition. Yes, we do. What else would you like to hear? Well, this debate is about marriage equality because oh, okay, major issue. Yeah. So, well, that's that's the meat. I think the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Um, but I do want to warm things up, and you know, just let us get to know our guests uh, because it's the first time we've had two at the same time that we haven't met before. Um, at least on here, I've, I've met both in real life at um, various cosplay events, and um, had a yeah reasonably. Um, adequate amount of time online to see that they're not um, doing it for the lols like they're pretty serious and passionate about what their beliefs are and you know but also respectful enough for this hopefully not to turn into a naked oil wrestling match yeah. in the next 20 minutes um, but yeah we will start with some <laughs> why um, is that where your mind went? that's where my mind always goes I'm sorry uh, yeah so anyway we're going to start with an introduction to Ruben who we've had before um, the famous Deadpool guy and yes. I think famous is overstating it. No, I, mean, oh, yeah, I, I told everybody all week internet. that you're famous. You're like yeah. Australia's most famous cosplayer. I've even had somebody tell me they knew, heard of you, yeah. and they don't even know anything about cosplay. Yeah. Seriously, you were broke, famous. You too. broke through the wall. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then we've also got, you're hearing just there, was Benjamin Newman, who um, can tell us maybe a little bit about himself um, and where he comes from. God, Big Ben. Um, yeah. Well, I'm here because I basically follow you around a lot of Comic Cons, like, yeah, you know, a lost little, little puppet. <laughs> 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 Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> no, I'm just here to, you know, I guess, um, yeah, discuss something that I guess we all feel very strongly about and just get more people thinking about it instead of just mm. going along with whatever they hear with the media, just actually really thinking about things, so... Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, because we yeah. could have totally done it ourselves, but not being a part of that community would have rang a little false, not rang true. So don't um, worry, glad about you. Have still you time. Here. I'll slip your recruitment right, application. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I've dabbled. <laughs> I've definitely, you know, walked a few different paths in my life. What am I now? Nearly forty. So yeah, you know, still I'm young, trying. Patrick. We've, still we've young. Had that, what was it called? University. I think it was a time and a place, as they say, on South Park. Um, th- th- that was more about recreational drugs, so definitely abused. Great, um, great start. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on. To, uh, it's going in places I'm not sure. This is what they say. Like I had a little bit of feedback last week. It was like you can't stay on topic. I'm like, but that's the point. Um, well, you started saying that was the point, but you got off topic. Yeah, but that's the ooh squirrels. Squirrels. Yeah, that's me. I'm totally the ooh squirrel guy. Yeah. So that's why Vin has to step in a bit more and smack me around the head with a cold fish. Yeah. So, but until then, let's jump in. Um, I've got a little warm-up debate. I don't know if it's going to just eat up too much time, but we'll see how we go. We'll keep it short. Um, it's not really a debate. It's more of a where are you guys at on this? Um, for example, who is your favourite or most... might not even be your favourite. It might be the one that you've found has had the greatest impact culturally. Uh, would be your filmmaker-wise. I I was really lucky because I actually got to um, work briefly with a well-known Australian director, Shane Mm Abess. He released Gabrielle in cinemas in 2007, Infinity in 2015. Um, Three months ago, he released Science Fiction Volume 1, The Osiris Child. That's the only one I've seen, I think. Mm. I've heard of the other two, and I used to read the magazine Filmlink, and I think now it's only online. Yeah. Um, So I've got lost a bit of touch with... 
he's worked, yeah he's just a really yeah. cool guy so I mean yeah. I've got to say he's my favourite filmmaker I mean wow. he's just so loyal to all of his friends yeah. a lot of his productions he uses the same actors and friends mm-hmm. he always has like a gay actor in every one of his movies yeah. um, in Osiris Child you might not have noticed which is the favourite of the three films that he's done oh the, the most recent one he just gets better and That's better as a director Osiris Child yeah Osiris Child okay it was quite good it was very much what sort of like one of those unknown under the radar type sci-fi movies from the 90s but it's actually exactly i felt the same way watching that movie that i did when i saw the very first star wars movie as a kid wow like it just kind of expanded my imagination with some of the concepts in the movie Mm. i mean there were a few drawbacks with the budget here and there but overall i was sitting on the edge of my seat through the whole movie wondering what was going to happen next that's why we're talking about episode four and not episode one (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say (laughs) that did nothing for anyone i'll give it for episode four um (laughs) or you mean the prequels yeah i was in there if you you go to episode one i felt the same way i felt when i first saw that crushing disappointment but that's not really what you're going for. I like that wide-eyed awe. It's a, it's a better thing. It has to be episode four. Yeah, that's a new hope, right? Yes. <laughs> I've had, what, 15, 20 years to get used to the reordering, and I still stumble. Well, it's, um, it was appropriately named, if you think about it on one hand, because it's a new hope that can't get any worse than the first three. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that could be a little harsh. Mm. No well, apologies to George. I'm almost envious of future generations who don't have to do the mental gymnastics of these came out first, because... You can imagine in, like, our grandchildren are not going to really see a huge jump in time between the 70s and the 90s. They're going to be like, yeah, well, they'll just immediately reorder it, as in, yeah, it was made kind of one after the other in order. Whereas we have to sort of go, wait, these are the newer ones, but they came out after. I mean, they were set before, so it's a bit... But by the time they're watching it, I mean, George Lucas would have done like another 10 more edits and cuts of the movie. So basically yeah. what they're watching isn't going to be... Well, he's not going to touch anyway. it anymore. So I think <laughs> they, they took his toys away. Yeah, right? yeah. He, he actually yeah, like... Bit, sorry, sorry. No, I just... I always thought up till recently I heard something uh, about his take on it. And I'd always figured when he sold it that, well, he just had had enough um, because of his age. And he just thought, it's time to move on. Um, but no, it was actually, a lot of it was due to the amount of internet um, hate that he got after the prequels. Um, and he said, why bother? If people are just going to pan it and shit on me all day, then what's the point? So that was a big part of the reason why he I sold it. one of those, but it was that, that question of that pressure of the fan, of fandom. Yeah. You know, he's going, I, I don't go back and spend all day thinking about oh, these, definitely these weighs on him. The people who really do all day long, and mm. if I disappoint them in the subsequent thing, it's, you know, game on. It's not what I became a... Uh, director for but I was thinking back to the Gabriel one that you, that you mentioned because that was uh, Andy Whitfield's first yes. uh, well serious done. role and then of course yeah. uh, led on to Spartacus mm. uh, and then after that he got leukemia yes. uh, uh, is that the guy who died oh, yeah uh, I couldn't been, keep been watching trying him. to make it as a as an actor for quite some time he'd done some yeah. side modeling things and he had a, yeah. a little bit. he got pneumonia on that shoot they're shooting up on the roof in the middle of winter spraying water on him and stuff Gabriel um, yeah and uh, is that the one where he's the angel that comes back yes. yeah I have seen that yeah. okay yeah that was interesting yeah good action sequences mm. good philosophy through it mm. good mood i don't know I, it's one of those ones i kind of felt like in the end it, it dragged itself out the concept i don't know if it was fully fleshed out but that being said you know if you compare it to a lot of other low budget australian films it really punched above its weight uh, but i got to the end of it going what just, what just happened <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh you've had a couple of of cool fights and a, a couple of sort of nifty kick things and then Something else happened. There was an explosion. I'm not sure if these two were in a relationship. Someone had their wings cut off. This person turned out to be good, and it's the end. 
Yeah, I've got to admit, the fact that I can barely remember. So it's good to hear Shane Abess has picked up on the subsequent yeah. ones in there. I've seen the ads for Osiris, but I haven't seen it uh, yet. I saw it in the cinema with my son. So that was cool. I think it was in George Street for about a week. Oh, I went to the opening night. Um, Shane invited me, so I got to hug um, Kevin, Kellen Lutz <laughs> and um, tell um, the Australian actress, um, the blonde one who was in Transformers. Uh, Isabel um, Lucas. Isabel Lucas. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved all I'm her work, yeah. except every single movie she I've seen her in, like her character dies, and she owes me a box of tissues because <laughs> she sheds so many tears over her, and she's like, "Oh, you're so sweet," and I'm like, "Oh, she really likes me." And I said, "Congratulations on your tongue getting over two million views on YouTube because you know with Transformers, her tongue killed everybody." That's right. Yeah. And she was like, what? My tongue got two million views and like I could see her agent lean in and whisper in her ear, remember that Transformer movie you did? And she's like, oh, thank you. Yeah, you're so sweet. What happened with her? I'm missing going, Did someone create a meme with a tongue thing? Like, no. I missed that one. I think in the movies, uh, this was the Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox era. But yes. uh, basically, uh, I think they briefly broke up and then he was in college and then um, he was like hooking up with this Isabel Lucas and oh. then she turns out to be like a Decepticon, a robot, yes. and then the tongue becomes like a electrical cable and then goes out to oh. murder Shia LaBeouf. I thought, wow. I thought she developed like a tail or something because I, I remember that scene he complains that she tasted like diesel. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's trying to explain I, I think it was a tail. It yeah. wasn't a real thing. And she tasted like diesel. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. It does stay make you wonder why sexuals <laughs> in those rusty STDs. Why well, is it the th- thinking? Why would you know what diesel tastes like specifically? Yeah. Oh, I know. A, a potential. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess it's college. You've mentioned mm. the thing. No, no, I work with diesel, so I've often had it <laughs> splash in my mouth. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Sure, that's the. Way yeah, Ruben, well, uh, what's what's your favorite that's right. director? Oh, that's a that's a hard one. Um, I, I was thinking about that after you wrote it down there. Ben's come prepared. He's got notes, and I just figured I'd wing it. Which I'm um, impressed because I didn't even tell him that was going to be a question. So. And I'm only half prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like those notebooks from, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I they I find it really so written on the walls. You've got like hotel room notebooks. That's all they could find. I kind of thought you were going to go, it looks like that notebook from that movie. The Notebook. <laughs> I haven't even seen that film. I no, neither have I. No. Uh, well, I've seen elements of it, and then I was just like, I, no. Um, it's like I haven't even seen Lion King, but I've got enough of the gist of it from hearing other people talk about it. I've seen Lion King, yeah. but when it became clear there was not going to be an explosion in The yeah. Notebook, then yeah. There's I, no I, explosions. My, my brain automatically phased out. He writes her letters, and she doesn't get to read them, right? Uh, I don't know. Let's have two people that haven't seen the film discuss it earnestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so look, where I, are you at? I, yeah. I reckon it'd either be uh, Jim Henson. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, nice one. Uh, or Rob Reiner. Uh, so impressed, Jim Henson. I wouldn't have thought of that. Mm. Well, I mean, wow. it, it's such a difficult challenge to create a, a movie landscape that's done on practical levels to mm. the scale that he does, and the. The people they're able to recruit and things, and the stories they're able to tell with that were amazing. Dark Crystal, of course, and then oh. Labyrinth. Uh, you know. So, so, did he direct those, or was he more just uh, like I an the, overall showrunner type no, he, guy? He yeah. directed them as well, but okay. he uh, uh, also we came up with a lot of the concepts for it for uh, Labyrinth. Yeah. That was when he approached the guys from Monty Python to uh, to write the script, and they already fleshed out the characters and who was going to be in there, and then they got someone else to to craft the overall story. Um, David Bowie, his best. 
And then uh old David Bowie. He's a he's a bit of a trailblazer of my community, I think. Oh, <laughs> showing okay. that showing that men can have long hair and wear tight pants is mm. yeah. Those pants were very tight. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I, 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 I just want to, well, I don't know. There's a there's debate around that, the evidence of the bulge, but it, it when I first put on the Deadpool costume, I said to myself, I've I've noticed there's this whole David Bowie thing going back to the labyrinth thing, maybe I'll put a pair of bike shorts underneath just to make sure that there's appropriate padding to avoid such things. And it turned to be, no one told him at the time. So I guess it was, it's important that you take lessons from these things. I think it's important to also make sure kids are watching um, those sorts of movies like Dark Crystal so mm. they can also share in our childhood nightmares of Skeksis. Mm. I think that leads to better personal development. That scene stuck out for years. Every time we'd fall, like you know, my brother's just mucking around and I'd get scratched all over. I was wounded! <laughs> But anyway, it was uh, it was good times. But I mean, Rob Reiner, uh, from memory, I, I think he ended up doing the uh, the Princess Bride, uh, which of course uh, no one knew quite how to pitch. But um, you know, the uh, to to really make something that no one had seen before and that doesn't didn't fit into a category sticks out to me. I mean, there's plenty of other really amazing filmmakers out there. Um, you, know, you, you you get into films like Inception and. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a, a bazillion other ones out there. Really, you know, uh, hit places that no one's really done before. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think those two are probably the big ones that would stand out just because they were so dramatically creative and escapist. And that's where oh. I, mm. I, I plus Princess Bride opened up the doorway for many, many other WWE superstars to also move into movies. <laughs> I'll be going oh. and seeing the Is WWE. That the first one and that had wrestlers. It had Andre the Giant in it. Yes. Did Princess Bride come out before the John Carpenter films, where he I used Roddy Rod Power Piper? Good point. Actually, so they live. Yeah. Lou Ferrigno was the Hulk would have been before then. Oh yeah, yeah. there you go. But, but that's Lou Ferrigno. Bodybuilding though, did he get into the WWE? I don't think he did. No, probably not. But uh, Andre the Giant definitely made waves in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Princess man. Bride, nineteen eighty-seven. That was. I know the giant. This is the bloke who used to have to drink a slab of beer to get a buzz. You know, <laughs> people say he's going through twenty-four beers to get tipsy from people doing two, just because of the sheer mass involved. Yeah. But uh, that scene where he's, uh, yeah, I don't have to. Find, I, I don't. I, I missed on purpose. I don't have to miss. And he's like, I believe you. Uh, now we face each other as God intended, sportsmanlike. <laughs> You mean I put down my my uh, sword and you put down your rock and we try and beat each other to death like civilized people? <laughs> anyway, the, the, the final line, you know, uh, I do not envy you the headache you will have when you awake, but until then, rest well and dream of large women. <laughs> it was such a... I can quote just about every movie I've seen, unfortunately. It says, the, the one stupid thing is that I can memorize lines, but not important information for exams or anything else. <laughs> but that's person, like, every time teaching. you're going to make a speech like you know if you have a wedding anniversary or something you can just quote a movie line like you're the ultimate catch Ruben not to work uh, it's only if that's appreciated I've done that on too many occasions like why is everything from a movie <laughs> because I'm a poet and I speak from the heart I'm pretty sure that's why we're friends if you can do that um, okay so that's good I'll go with um, oh, Ridley Scott is an easy one Ooh, early oh, days Ridley Scott yeah just anything he's done I love it so, nice. well, even the um, latest Alien movies I, oh, I found that it was fantastic I liked oh, great. it I just sat there like a 10 year old just lapping it all up I loved it it had all my worst nightmare horror elements in the one movie yeah. getting melted by acid getting eaten having 
things come out of you. Like it was just being trapped in small spaces, like all the best yeah. horror elements in the latest Alien movie. Right. It's like, yeah. wow. Which segues perfectly onto the next question, which is what's the scariest movie scene that you've ever... That one really stumped me, hey, Patrick. I had to have a good think about it. I thought, I mean, Zelda in Pet Cemetery made me want to throw up. Mm, Zelda? That was like the, the, the mum trapped in the back room. But it was like all sort of Jim Henson-y like Link makeup and stuff. Him. No, so I thought yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm like, why is Zelda like what a pretty smash much up. all the forty days and nights? But no, I think the thing that scared me the most was actually just on YouTube recently, and it yeah. was the creepy slamming door in the Brazilian morgue. Oh yeah, yeah. and wow. I don't know why every time I well, watch that's not that, even from a film. Is that a security no. camera or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. I just it gives me goosebumps and chills. And Did they ever find out where why it was doing that? No, Ooh. it's just the ghost in the Brazilian morgues like going psycho yeah. on this door, and there's no one around, and right. the lights are going crazy. And then when the door stops slamming, the lights go back to normal, and yeah. they're filming it all. And you're like, oh man, someone who died during a waxing. <laughs> well, I find it hard to trust anything that comes out of Brazil. Yeah, it, it reminds <laughs> me so far away. Paranormal activity. Uh, mm. it's, it's shot the very grunge style. Uh, it's like the security cams. You've seen Paranormal Activity, right? No, no. It's just very amateur. They, they find out that there's spirits in the house, and then spoiler alert, there are. But then there's this shot that it's so simple where. Um, there's a camera that's in the corner of the bedroom that the characters set up to, to see like what's going on in the middle of the night, why they're bumping. And then this woman gets dragged on. I've got on. a good answer for that one. Yeah, sure. Mm. And then, spoiler alert, the woman gets dragged invis- by an invisible force and it actually is, is in the shape of like a uh, one of those Satan demons right. with the sound and stuff. But then, it's a bit like Poltergeist. Right. They get dragged around a little. Yeah, but that, that mm. freaked me out. Yeah, anyway. For me, it would be the ring. I remember watching Ooh, that Japanese when it first came version, out. Japanese yes. version. Okay. She came okay. out of the well yes. and through the TV, I was done. But there was a scene also in a movie where she's in a lift, um, and it's I can't remember what it's called, but there's a woman that died in the water tower on top of the building. Is it also Japanese? It's also Japanese. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, and, and you can see on the camera, Not the security the camera, where she's standing Similar. in the lift, and then on the camera, which is looking down into the lift, you can see behind her, this ghost kind of appears. In sort of a and it kind of comes and goes and it's right behind her and she can't she obviously doesn't know it do you mean it comes you're... and goes yes. that's why you're so, here <laughs> so yeah it was, uh, it's a problem and I can't stuff it I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend it's not an actual problem <laughs> but yeah I grew up watching a lot of horror movies we used to get this deal when I was a kid where you know back when it was still VHS um, we'd go to Video Easy or was something called The Plainsman Yes, we you had that video that? store in my little country wow, town. Wow, was it some, one of those country town video mm. stores? We didn't have a blockbuster. Uh, but yeah, we'd get eight DVD, eight movies for $10, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And they, they couldn't be new releases. Good deal. Um, but yeah, I would go through probably eight to 16 a week. And a lot of them were horror movies. So I don't think on, my dad... On the front t- counter, they had a bowl full of free lollies, which were like these milk bottle things with mm. chocolate through the middle of it. So Ooh. I used to make my younger brother distract the guy at the counter yeah. while my other brother and I went and basically tipped the whole bowl into our mother's purse and then t- bring it back to my mother and she'd walk back to the car saying, why is this so heavy? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of the ringleader. They were terrible, yeah. this guy. But they were free lollies, so... Yeah, yeah. Just you know. maybe... Not, I don't think they meant the entire bowl. Mm. The yeah. milk bottles bring all the boys to That's the table. That's why they're there. Like, can I put them in my handbag? <laughs> Get out. So, 
Good. Now, what, what about you? Um, it's a good question because I, I don't think... A, the thing that really scared me the most growing up wasn't even a movie. It was the promotional faux history for the Blair Witch Project. This thing came on TV. I watched it like 11 o'clock at night and... Movie had, uh, the movie was, was due to come out in a couple of weeks and this thing was legit. They'd just done it so yes. well. Yes. And I, I went and saw the movie and I was horribly disappointed throughout its entirety. And I was just like, why is it this thing before it was scarier than the actual... I was psyched. I'm like, they're gonna, if that's the way they're starting off the promotional gear, this movie is going to be bang on. And it turned out to be completely wrong. Yeah. So uh, That's a shame. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw that when I first... I didn't realise... I kind of knew, obviously, it's just a movie... I've heard of a lot of people got upset because they didn't realise it was fiction. Um, but, you know, you're pretty quickly like, yeah, well, there's no way this actually happened. But still then, I did find it reasonably scary near the end, but it wasn't um, something that left me like, that changed my life. You know, it was just, oh, it's a new way of doing it. Okay. You only have to spend $12. <laughs> I heard it was kind of scary. Just no. the whole, I was really upset because of the ambiguous. That's one thing I hate. As much as I love indie films and art house movies, anything that has a really ambiguous. Like that was my other pick was maybe uh, David Lynch because I love everything he does. But there's not a lot of his movies that leave you completely satisfied with where the plot went because after a while you're like, is there even a plot? But um, there's something about the world that he creates and it sort of taps into that dark... Um, energy that you kind of feel at the edges of your vision. Is that? And you turn and it's gone. Mm. He really just lives in that um, space and it's just so dark and creepy and beautiful. But, oh God. yeah, I don't know. It's just, I still, I still want to, I still want to walk out of there and go, <laughs> I still need that resolution. I still need it all tied up neatly in a bow sometimes. So I took my son to see Resident Evil. Whatever that last the one last was. one. Oh no, spoilers! Please. Something young. I still um, want to see it. It's called, it's called the <laughs> final chapter. Kind of is a film you can be worried about spoilers. Yeah, I, it's like there's a bunch of zombies. They kill zombies. And it's pretty much the same movie each time. It's like, yeah. and she's killed them all. And then the next movie, it turns out there was more. Have yeah. you seen she's killed them all. Resident Evil movies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love Mila Hovind. Just, just, I even just, have her yeah. album on my, my playlist on my phone. Yeah, that's, she, has, she sings. She sings. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, same here. Um, I've got her early tracks from the nineties. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. Yes. Go to the indie music. That's, that's why I guilty come pleasure. Here. I learned so much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then finally, um, the last one. Vin, did you have one? You already kind of did yours. Um, what the scary moment? Yeah. Um, maybe Evil Dead One. Wow, yeah, that was scary. That, that freaked me scary. out, man. Yeah. The whole, uh, you know, the relatives the and the thing. girlfriend being yeah. alive and just tormenting them. And mm. then that you can't kill them yeah. even if you decapitate them uh, by the head because the only way to do it is to, like, get rid of that bloody book. Uh, but the, the the whole white eyes really freaked me out. Yeah. But the actors, they suffered a lot for that because it was before, you know, the CGI. And, and it was a good use of the point of view the camera points, chasing yeah. them around. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, a, a ton of blood. And in cold weather, I'm thinking Michigan, in some random cabin. Now it's just a little... There's All that's left is one of the foundations. There's a few bricks because it got burnt down. Yeah, right. But, uh, Ages ago, I had these friends that were... They wanted to make a Star Wars-y thing or whatever it was. And, and they decided to recruit me because at the time I was doing a lot of martial art things. And they're like, oh, can you come and do some stunty things and I was like why not it was going to suppose it can happen um, lots of things is the answer but anyway uh, they painted my entire head blue 
because it was like eye, uh, eyelids into the ears. It's like, you know, feeling it at any angle, it's got to be blue all the way around. Star Wars or not Avatar? It was definitely <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, so we're, we're, we have this fight down on the beach for some reason, whatever it was, and uh, they keep having to reapply it because every time it cracks, they got to put more on there oh. and you see you're covered in sand and stuff. That's I was clean blue out of my ear canal for like eight days and it made me think about the, the evil dead people thinking like, that corn syrup is sticky, sticky stuff. They're going through liters and gallons of it at a time. Yeah, yeah. You know, five days later, you're still going, why does my ear taste sweet or whatever it is? <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's, it's not what you want to be well, asking that question, really. It's like, yeah. It could have been very popular in some underground German clubs. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Campbell wrote a book about the whole experience, and yeah, it is really eye-opening. Like, they just went above and beyond. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I think most of them, it was their first... Like not many of them went on to become actors. A lot mm. became teachers or post office workers or something. I think Bruce Campbell is like one of the only ones to really, you know, and obviously the director Sam Raimi. But like in, in terms of who was on screen and had to suffer the most, I think Sam Raimi might have been the only one that could dress appropriately. But um, yeah. yeah, no, that's a good pick. Uh, and then it was like, which film would you erase from history entirely? Like it had never happened. It was, it was Earth sixteen, and. Uh, Oh, it doesn't exist. Okay, this one comes to mind. What is that? Battlefield Earth 3000 oh, or something? Yeah. I still haven't seen that. The worst. Yeah. John Travolta, Maybe man. He stoops so mm. low. And uh, what's the other guy? Um, Forrest Whitaker. Like two amazing actors succumb <laughs> yeah. to this role with aliens and talking about gold and shit. And then the CGI and this caveman. The plot was so stupid. The caveman learned how to fly planes and that's how they defeated the aliens. You know it's an L. Ron Hubbard book. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, that doesn't it, help. It, I think that it was a book. Right? Never... It, it, it was Elron Hubbard's first, first book before he <laughs> before he started off the Dianetics series or whatever it was. And uh, Travolta reckons that's how he got into Scientology in the first oh, place because the book made so much sense. Of course, but when you put on screen, I'm, I'm pretty certain it, if if that's what's making sense to you, Champion, I think <laughs> you probably need more help. Well, than, for what uh, it's worth, I don't think it makes much less sense than a lot of other religious tracts or texts out there. But that's another debate. Um, yeah, yeah like, no, that's a good good pull, uh, Benjamin. Uh, look, it was hard. I mean, the piano sound in Eyes Wide Open, I'd pretty much walked out within 10 minutes at the start of that movie. I just couldn't handle the wooden acting and the lack of storyline. And that's that's probably the that's first That's the name of the film, is the piano sound. <laughs> no, Eyes Wide Open. It was that one open. that Tom Cruise did where it starts off with everyone... Eyes Wide Shut. Right? Sorry. I was like... Eyes Wide Shut. Where everyone you know, goes to the mansion okay. to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. masks orgy thing. Yeah, everyone just yeah. watches the first ten minutes of the movie. I think for that reason, <laughs> then that's it. They Stanley just Kubrick should have stayed an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But um, yeah, <laughs> I can never bring myself to see the thing. Like the movie was so bad, it ended a marriage and killed the director. <laughs> <laughs> Not cool. Nice. Was that you, Ruben? Well, yeah. uh, look, I think I'm surprised that no one else has mentioned these ones already. Uh, it's an equal tie between Catwoman and Batman and Robin. Ooh. No, there's Batman's so ready. many. There's yeah. so many. Halle Berry, Catwoman. Yeah, Halle Berry, Catwoman. Oh, wow. And uh, you know everything that went wrong in uh, who was it? Sharon Stone was in that, wasn't she? In... Who was in Catwoman? Who was the Halle Berry? Right, she was the actual. Uh, who was, I don't who remember. Was the villain. Um, to be honest, I don't even I'm remember. Sure Sharon, I it like was Sharon that, Stone got... as Harlequin in that movie. I like, managed like. Seen it. Uh, 20 minutes of it, I was like, nah, it can't be done. She wasn't in a thing by then, because Harley Quinn was invented by the cartoon that came out. She she played, the Harley Quinn in the Catwoman movie was the psychologist at the asylum 
who was oh, just okay. going, starting to go evil. Yeah, that's another one I haven't. Yeah. That was really bad. Like it's, you'd think I'd never yeah, watched a movie but, uh, in my life. <laughs> All I remember from Batman Robin are those like butt shots as the camera zooms oh, in as they're wearing was the Batman thing. Thank you, Joel Schoenmark. He's, he's, he's on my team. <laughs> okay. And he knows how to put superheroes into suits. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Is that George Tooney? But the puns. Yes. Yeah, it was a yeah. Colin yeah. O'Donnell. Well, he has apologised for that. Yeah, he has well, actually said nothing sorry. to apologise for. No, it was Batman Forever. It was Batman Forever. Aaron Robbins won before it with that yeah. okay. um, Chris O'Donnell's bigger codpiece. Mm. <laughs> the nipples on the bat suit. Everything that Arnold Schwarzenegger has said or did. Uh, the notion that you're making a cartoon as a something. It was just yeah, yeah. It was pretty putrid. <laughs> it basically killed. It killed a franchise. <laughs> killed a franchise for at least ten years. Like not just Batman, but any superhero <laughs> films could not be made for a good. Throws those movies. The next one that ever came out was is coming. Fox <laughs> took a gamble with X Men. I thought it was uh, Blade. You're not going to put Blade, me right, in the yeah. cooler. 98? Yeah, 97. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, anyway. uh, I can't... There's so many. That's a tough one. Uh, Name is Freeze. Hear it well, for it is the icy chill of your doom. I'm like, don't. Just don't. Oh, come on. Uma Thurman with the... Come, my garden needs tending. That was, <laughs> that was still my favourite. <laughs> I think the sad thing about that was Uma Thurman still wanted to have a career George Clooney wanted to have a career but poor old Chris O'Donnell he was supposed to be doing a Robin series after that and the no. whole thing just tanked his career for yeah. the same period of time good 10-15 years until he got back into the NCIS yeah, it's, uh, yeah that's interesting job. I saw him in yeah. like you really can get put in like a Hollywood uh, lockdown kind of what do you call it like a purgatory <laughs> purgatory just, just nothing just, yeah no um, now I like your muscles and your mind Good. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I can't think of. Uh, I don't think one that needed to be made was uh, that Charlie, the Willie Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Johnny Depp. Oh, that's interesting. Um, See, I don't uh, watch Johnny Depp. What movies. makes you say that? No, it wasn't it great. Wasn't necessary. Like the first one was perfect, and as much as I think, yeah, you should be able to do like you can do covers of songs. Like if you couldn't ever do a cover of a song then where would we be? We would not have had Natalie Ambruglia's Torn. This is true. So I don't yeah. live in denial about that, unlike everyone yeah. else in Australia. Yeah, I'm See, quite happy that that what, was... What was weird was that it's, it followed more closely to the book's parts, but with just such a bizarre approach to the character. And then it, it, after that, it suddenly went off into this whole background of him being the son of a dentist and, yeah. you know, the house... Like, what the hell, man? Either do it straight up or don't do it at all. But I'm with you. I think it didn't need a a, a redoing. The uh, I'm surprised you didn't go with the Ghostbusters reboot. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that should go in there too. I, look, I, I think I've said this online before. I don't put Ghostbusters as as big a travesty as Catwoman and and. Oh, Batman. Yeah, they definitely were. Yes, I, I felt I felt it was uh, it was unnecessary and it missed the, the things that made the original series charming. Was it was it good? No, it it was a garbage thing. But it should it's not something I put in the category as uh, someone needs to be tried in the Hague for making it, and that's uh, where I put. And you would have the same two. opinion whether it was done with women or men or whatever. I, I don't know what they would have done otherwise. Uh, to be honest. I think if they'd tried to do it with guys, they wouldn't have tried so hard in the script to make everyone the funny one. I, hmm. guess. I, I, I don't know if that's, if that's it or what, but that was the, the big thing I had the issue with uh, in the Ghostbusters movie. Well, they're all funny in the original. I mean, they all had a certain gravitas and like they're all great performers in the original, but I can't remember 
the black eye being like no. super. There was there was always someone you could relate to. My one um, brother Nathan, whose favorite movie of all time is probably Boys in the Hood. Um, he always liked the the tough black guy in every movie, and I think you know I like the zany ones like um, you know Bill, and everyone's got some character they can relate to. So that's good. And that's why I think they needed to make that new reboot is so all the girls today have characters they can relate to. Right. So you can take your daughters to see the movie or, you know, if they're getting a bit older, they can be all like, oh, look, it's Chris Hemsworth. So, yeah. I mean, I like my reaction. Is that unusual? I was going to say, the, uh, the originals, you know, you had that acerbic secretary, uh, you know, Ghostbusters, what do you want? And, uh, you know, you had... Uh, Bill Murray, of course, if you want to know who was the funny one, it was, it was Bill Murray was the, the sleazy charlatan, you know, he's working in parapsychology mainly as a chance to pick up chicks and, really and cause issues. <laughs> and, uh, and then you had sort of the earnestness of the other guys, you know, Egon's pure genius and... Uh, uh, Harold, Harold Ramis, who's no longer with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Rick Moranis, who stopped working a few years after that to be with his children. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then right. I can't leave it as just the black eye, but Ernie Hudson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I think it's Winston. 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 Yeah, so. It's great. I don't know what he's gone on to do. I, mean, I like the bit where he's in there. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe in this stuff beforehand, but I've been with these guys for a few months and I've seen shit that will turn you white. Yeah. <laughs> he says to the white, the white mayor. He's like, <laughs> That's where I recognize him from. He's the warden in Oz, the uh, prison show. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, there you go. I've got to love IMDb. Um, yeah, so that, that sort of wraps up the fun stuff. Mm. Um, now we get into serious business. Business time. So what, what do you think? Where do we? Uh, this will be our first debate. I do plan on doing a lot of others about more important issues like where do you leave the toilet roll? Is it over, under? Um, do cosplay photographers get into the hobby just purely to meet girls? I think that's one of Vin's personal favourites. Um, but yeah, today it's all going to be is that, about... Is that a debate? <laughs> <laughs> you can debate that as part of what we're talking about today. I've got my opinions about that. It's not for or against. I think the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty that are in it purely for the art and you know to better themselves as people and craftsmen. But anywho, uh, yep. the debate. Um, yes, we've got uh, two lovely gentlemen with uh, on the opposite sides of the spectrum uh, on the issue of marriage equality. Uh, One right. of them doesn't even like the term. What, was there something wrong with equality, right? Uh, it's the phrase marriage equality, I think, is a misnomer in that what we're talking about is same-sex marriage. We uh, if we were looking at uh, saying, uh, are we going to remove any barrier to uh, marriage on the basis of sexuality, then I would assume that Ben would be saying, I think that's a terrible idea uh, because we'd be talking about every sexual preference uh, out there and I would be assuming... Polygamy, that, just, you know... Yeah, polygamy, polygamy, bigamy. Um, yeah. But I mean, that then, you know, it raises its own questions in the debate, uh, or at least to my mind in any case, is um, if we're looking at changing a definition on one particular category... Um, are there other categories that should reasonably be uh, approached on the same logical basis, um, and are there others that we you know would categorically say no to further on to the future, um, which is totally there. But so I mean, for, for the for that basis, that's why I, I, my feeling is that um, 
you know, if we're, if we're talking about same-sex marriage, we're talking about same-sex marriage. We're not talking about anything else uh, per se. That's what's being, it's not, not what's being tabled uh, by the... Uh, by the gay lobby or anything else along those lines, it's, it's, it is same-sex marriage that is, and, is being... And while we're talking about all these terms with our discussion today, mm. I'll probably use both. I'll probably be going back and forth yeah. between same-sex marriage, marriage equality. You know, I might be talking about particular members of my community when I might be referring to, like, everyone's rights equally. And I think you just... You sort of couch these terms to try and get a point across. And, you know, it can be misconstrued. It can lead on to other things. But I think the reason why my camp, my side sort of campaigning with the equality thing is because they see it as more of a legal rights, human rights issue. Mm. So it's not just about defining marriage. It's more about everything legally that sort of binds with that because they're really after just a piece of paper to say these two people are married. And it is same-sex marriage between because those two people yeah. are the same sex. But it also represents giving them access to other legal areas. So that's why they use the word equality is because they want to be treated equally with other citizens in Australia who already have all those rights. In, well, on, on that front, can I just ask for the, for the uh, out of my own curiosity, um, what legal aspects are currently missing? Because I know in 2008 we see a significant shift in that it's given the uh, gay couples are uh, recognised under law uh, and are given, as far as I'm given to understand, the same as uh, all de facto couples, which is the same mm-hmm. ones that apply to... Um, to marriages, oddly enough, um, the only thing that I'm aware that there becomes a, a distinction uh, comes possibly medically, but I, I don't know for certain on that one in there. Um, are, are there other areas that I'm, I'm not aware of on that one? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, medically, um, it can also be taken out of our hands with other companies with their policies for superannuation. I mean, there's lots of areas, I think, where people who are heterosexual are just so used to having the ability to be treated as a partner, as a spouse, mm. um, that if you didn't have that's that That's one right. that Edward mentioned last week was about the, the medical side of things and mm. they should be able to come in and go, look, this is what I want to happen and have that power rather than it being um, you know, some stepfather that they haven't seen for 30 years. But my understanding is the, uh, the medical, sorry, the, uh, the superannuation one that you mentioned uh, is actually st- still in trying by law, but has the same problems in the heterosexual situations in that, for example, uh, over in Adelaide, there was that Air Force guy that had the heart attack um, and the uh, money for his superannuation and life insurance, about 380000 or something, uh, went to his de facto partner uh, rather than to his wife, who he had not yet divorced, but right. or, or, his, or his children, and there was a, a contestation in there because she was still listed as uh, the beneficiary under his will, mm-hmm. but under the uh, workplace ad- agreements, it, it was still set out as uh, as being for uh, yeah, who was the, the was the yeah. the next chain in the in the current living yeah. arrangements. Um, so I, look, I'm, I'm with you on there as far as the uh, you know, property inheritance, the ability to leave anything that yeah. you have accrued or, or built together, then I'm 100% for that being enshrined in law. Uh, yeah. I, I think if it's not already there, it should be. Yeah, uh, I, frankly, I don't think that workplaces should have that same opportunity. What, my, what I'm curious about is whether or not uh, that same situation is, is on both sides of the fence because... It, you know, we've got an example where it is uh, applied to a heterosexual relationship. I'd be assuming it's also the same on the homosexual relationships. 
Um, but you know, do we do we look at, at how that happens in society as a as a whole rather than a, on a specific area? Is gay marriage going to resolve that one area, or is that actually still stay problematic in the workplace relations? Uh, yeah, no, I think the reason why you know everyone's pushing for it at the moment, Rubens, because it's it's been changing. Like you said, the laws changed a lot with how people treated, but it's not there yet we aren't treated as first class citizens so it's still going to be this debate ongoing regardless of the outcome of what happens with this plebiscite if it goes ahead with a plebiscite depending on the high court um you know i think everybody's always going to feel a little bit cheated a little bit less and because of being a second class citizen you know that just leads to a lot of bullying and bullying leads to you know suicide and Bullying leads to being treated differently in the workplace, treated differently by members of your partner's family when it comes to wills, power of attorney, using hospital visits, whatever it is. It's more about um, attitudes, I think, as well. Whereas if it's sort of enshrined legally, then you feel equal. I think that will help shift people's attitudes in a lot of those areas as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with change. I mean, if you look at all of the change on traditional marriage in Australia, I just wrote myself a little timeline. I mean, we had in 1884, women could actually own property for the first time. Um, and today you wouldn't think, oh my gosh, like, you know, women could actually own property when they got married. I mean, back then, the only books they were reading were their husband's checkbooks. And then you had legislation to control Aboriginal marriage in 1918. Um, Married women then were also allowed to start working for the Commonwealth. Before then, they weren't given jobs in case they stole men's work. Um, You know, Tasmania was the first state to raise the marriage age in 1942, so that 12-year-old girls who were getting married could now get married at the age of 16, and boys' marriage age went from 14 up to 18. Um, because, you know, who needs an education when the smartest thing come out of a girl's mouth could be Einstein's dick. I mean... So the age for men was 18 and for women it was 16? They can get married? It was originally 12 and 14. Because, you know, from the age of of 12, getting married was important to a girl. I mean, what else could you do with your life? You don't need education. You don't need property. I don't know if that's strictly true. If we go back, you've got a significant number of women who are doing some very impressive things throughout throughout those times. Admittedly, yes, I'll I'll be... well, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, yeah, we got, got uh, yeah, people marriage, like Marie Curie who are coming out at the time. You've got you know, some of the most famous. Uh, absolutely. But yeah. I'm saying, you know, you, but back then you had women who were like faking their names for writing articles for newspapers right. and, you know, doing all sorts of things. To try Which is still them. happening. Uh, yeah. There was a Kickstarter project where they had to have a fake male person in the Kickstarter. It was like some tech um, company. And, you know, they made up a male name just so it would get enough funding. But are we specifically talking about there about that, that marriage is the root of those particular problems? No, no, it's just that how malleable yeah. the concept is. Yeah, and the, like, you know, like marriage, marriage in Australia and just it keeps changing. Like they brought the Marriage Act in in 1961 to actually, there was no definition of marriage in the Marriage Act of 1961 at all. Like, you know, two people love each other, here's a certificate, you're now married, use that certificate to live your lives and look out for each other blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they had no-fault divorce come in in 1975. Um, divorce rates temporarily skyrocketed in Australia. Huh. Everyone's um, passionate. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. I mean, they always say, you know, women are like tornadoes. They howl when they come and they take everything when they leave. So, you know, sometimes divorce is going to be necessary for boys and girls. It's going to be an important part of 
being married or not being married if it's better for you. And then in 2001, the Netherlands became the first country to legalize same-sex marriage. So that disappointed a lot of gay men who were afraid of commitment and now have no excuse. And a lot of single women had to complain because all the good men are gay and married. This is something I'm meant to look up. If you go to another country where it is legal and get married and then come back here, is it recognized as marriage? Oh, gee, it wasn't. Um, actually, John Howard was the one um, who, when he changed the Marriage Act in 2004, I think it was. Um, yeah, that was another thing I was going to mention. Yeah, 2004. Um, until he did that, it was Yeah, so all these people who were married and had those certificates and came back to Australia or married someone from overseas, you know, those certificates weren't worth anything. That it was just a piece of paper now. Wow. Yeah, and he specifically went out to you know, discriminate against those particular Australians and say certain unions are not marriages, um, which is, you know, despite the fact he's the leader of a Liberal Party and he should know a gay bridal registry would have saved the economy back then. <laughs> but he just went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah. I think the only good thing he did was that gun legislation. Yeah, true. Which is, as much as I love the idea of everyone having 10 shotguns, um, you can't argue with the evidence of there not being any incidents since Port Arthur and then... Yes. I mean, it hasn't been perfect and it could be better, but I think that's... that's no, he's done a few things right, statistic. but I, in yeah. that in particular, that when I was young, bad. really, really burned me. Yeah, that was bad. I can't think of anything else. Look, on that particular front, I just had a curiosity down there. I, I understand the uh, the emotions involved, but from what my understanding of it was, we're looking at um, and it, more of an area of clarification in that... Uh, people were coming back from overseas saying, I've gotten married over here, is it the same thing? And we're saying, you know, uh, up until this point, this is what the understanding has meant when we said, you know, it's a, a union of, of these two people. Uh, that, that central definition uh, was understood to be man and woman. That, that was what it had been since time immemorial, uh, in particular for the uh, creation uh, of a family unit that was support and enshrine promises around offspring uh, property to uh, set offspring and the, the things that, that I think that's the point he's saying that it was never literally put in words as such to be man and woman it was just well uh, the question is was it was seen as to be needed to be when people came and said well what does this mean does this go in there that's where the clarification has uh, has been put in which has led down to the, then the current debate uh, what are we actually viewing marriage as being in society who should be involved in it, not just from a participatory view, but from a regulatory perspective. Um, and then, of course, all the things go with it. You know, is this just about uh, the two people involved? Uh, should the government have a role in marriage? Full stop. Um, should civil unions just be re uh, viewed, you know, as as the as the main registry with the option of a uh, specific ceremony pertinent to the individual's uh, religious beliefs and, and all the things that go along there. Um, and I, I get what you're saying about the bullying things there too, uh, Brendan. I know there's been a lot of uh, uh, a lot of horrible things that have that have been done, particularly as you get through the uh, the attitudes between the '60s and, and '70s. Um, you see a big shift through the '80s in the presentation and the work of, in particular, of the of the gay lobbies and things. One thing I guess I want to point out at the moment is that there's significant targeting of people who have any. Uh, alternate perspective on the marriage thing or wish to uh, retain things from a, a, a certain angle in there. Uh, and that question of, of bullying, I think it doesn't just apply to uh, one side of the of the fence, but it's, mm. it's gotten, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think for your party, like religious freedom is a big banner cry. 
um, you know, giving two people who love each other in a committed relationship a certificate to say they're married, um, they're saying that that's going to affect their abilities to have their faith or run their religion or run their business or be able to be hateful and bigotful to other people. And it probably might. It might not. But the only thing we're talking about is just changing the Marriage Act. Let's look at those words around there for a second. <laughs> your, your view has been, well, following Gareth, what you say there is, is that if one does not want the marriage of, uh, definition of marriage changed, that that is by definition hateful and bigoted, which I don't yeah. think is the case. Um, because, I mean, for example, uh, I've got an enormous world of respect for you personally. Uh, That's okay, dude. I, I think you're a champion guy. I, I, I have a, a brother who's also gay. I love my brother. I love my brother's partner. Champion, champion individuals. You're kind of like Tony um, Abbott then. <laughs> <laughs> I've, well, got, I've got a lot of This is the friends. thing. Can you, can you have a, a, a definition of what is important to you personally about what yeah. marriage, marriage is that is different to someone else? And this is where the, the yeah. challenge comes in then. Um, if your most sincerely held belief around the concept of family... Uh, is not enabled to uh, to be acted uh, in accordance with your your conscience, with your most sincerely held beliefs, um, taught to your children or discussed, uh, and if therefore you have uh, significant employment opportunities removed because even of the the possibility, like you're looking in, in uh, Canada is a great example at the moment where uh, an entire graduating class of uh, teachers were refused accreditation by the local board because they came from a Catholic university, not because of anything else that they'd said or had a perspective on, but because of the potentials there, and that had to be taken to the Human Rights Tribunal in there. Yeah, well, obviously yeah. that's going too far. Well, yeah. well, but, is, but is it? Is, it is, is there a natural point? Because as soon as you start to say, uh, this is now what must be described as what marriage is, there needs to be, uh, if, if you're going to, uh, to to factor into that, that there's a religious protection, someone's still going to try and say it's discrimination. Or on the other side, you're going to say you're impacting uh, religious freedom, freedom of association, and uh, freedom of speech, which uh, also guarantees human rights. So we've got a, a bit of a conflict across those those uh, areas in there as well, um, which goes back to that question of, uh, you know, are we, are we dealing with the question of, um, as, as Ben says, a piece of paper in order to enshrine particular uh, rights to meet things on a citizenry level, or are we talking about the concept of family and what marriage has meant to that context uh, for a significant uh, period of time, for, for thousands of years across multiple cultures? Uh, and yes, there's been areas where there's been refinement and change, um, especially as uh, societies shift in their perspectives of what someone can do uh, and what someone can't do and, and uh, even the social safety nets, technological shifts and things go in there. Um, when we get to a situation where we say there can be no discussion is where I say uh, we have a serious problem. You know, so, uh, oh, yeah, it's good to have discussion. I just yeah. choke on the fact that you're comparing, you know, generations of bullying people that have, you know, slightly different um, or, you know, a different... Uh, sexuality to a few people that have been pilloried in the media for <clears throat> their views on same-sex marriage. Um, I mean, I agree it shouldn't go too far back the other way, and it doesn't allow carte blanche to attack someone verbally and otherwise just for holding a different view, sure. But I don't... I think there seems to be this immediate, oh, now we're getting bullied, and that's not right, and it's just like, it's not that bad. It's just your opinions are being put out there and they're being challenged. And that's what happens in a free society. If you have an opinion that's not in the mainstream, which is yours is definitely not in the majority, um, then, of course, people are going to express that. 
I think even with my side of the campaign, just the way they're also going about trying to secure the yes vote is so different to how your side's going about because of those two things, which is, you know, are people going too far with hatred and bigotry and also the whole family concept thing? I mean, I don't think if we get the yes vote that there would be a rise in bigotry towards bigots. I think everybody just (laughs) wants to get along in my side. Um, We had like the Perth um, churches get together, I think it was just yesterday, and release a support statement saying that Christians in WA... Um, support, you know, being neighbourly and looking out for each other and showing compassion and kindness. I work with, like, a Coptic Egyptian Catholic, a little old Catholic lady, a crazy um, Orthodox, you know, guy, and I've asked them what all their views are. And, you know, the Orthodox guys like Ben, as long as you, you know, can get married, that means I don't have to see you hitting on the Xerox repairman every time he visits the office and you know the egyptian coptic catholic she's like you do what you like my dear as long as it is not rude in front of my face well that's what surprises me about the catholic teacher thing because catholics are the most unreligious people i ever meet so yeah that just you know they've got the book but they're like you know it's all sort of you know uh background rather than you know if it was we're not going to let practicing um it's a really evangelistic sort of like the church. Of I, I dated a Pentecostal. Yeah, someone like that. <laughs> a long work at, say, an inner city ghetto, you know, there might be a bit of a... But even then, you would just go, all right, let's do it, but just keep an eye on it. But to not let an entire class, that, that yeah, it does sound like that's an example of it going yeah. far too much in the other direction. But, I, but the, there's a lot of those religious groups still have protection legally. I mean, back like in my 20s when I was dating that... Um, Pentecostal guy who was working at the school on the Gold Coast. I'm not mentioning names or his job. Um, yeah, I felt like I was dating a spy. Like if we were going into public, no public affection, um, he couldn't let anyone know about his sexuality because he would be fired from his job. And he loved his job. He liked going there. He liked the people at his workplace. He was good at his job. But just because he couldn't help who he was falling in love with, he had to just is? live a life. I can't. No, I don't want to say. <laughs> it was at a. It was at a school. I'm not going to say. <laughs> I'm sure he's got his reasons. If, if the marriage act does get changed, it's only just giving a certificate, a piece of paper between two two people, and it's, all these other groups can still discriminate against who they want to fire. It means they can still refuse services to people in restaurants and cafes. It means bakers don't have to make wedding cakes for us. It just gives an extra right to celebrants who are already doing marriages right now to say, hey, you guys can now have this certificate of marriage. I, I hear this, but I don't, I don't think that's something that would actually stand up in any kind of duration because as soon as you start to say this is the same thing, we're talking about equivalency um, in something, then you start to say uh, there's a, attendant restrictions that go on for that, that issue of freedom of conscience. I'm not just talking about a religious group, I'm talking about an individual um, regardless of whether or not there's a religious bent or a personal definition thereof. Uh, and you, we, we see this overseas. Uh, you see it in America, you see it in Canada, you see it in England, uh, where uh, it comes with then further legislation for the state to say this is what then people must do or must think because this has already Sorry, come out in there. Yeah, Which yeah. moves me back to the, the question of is you know should the, the state actually be involved in... In marriage at all, I think the one thing I'd, I'd say from uh, the examples that you've given is that I don't think there's a lot of great things that the Australian government has really done for marriage. No, but that seems like a slightly different debate. I mean, we if we get past that and go, look, look the state's always going to try and stick its oar in, and then this is what we have to deal with. Then at least let's make it so men and women and men and men and women and women all have the same 
rights under that state legislation. I'm all fine for that, for especially for the, for that. Like I said, for the gay uh, mar- uh, gay relationships to be recognised, absolutely, and for gay relationships to have the protections to do what you want with what you have is is absolutely. I think it's, it's the the very cornerstone of a society. My question is whether or not we are going to define what marriage is, and I think there there becomes a very big flow on personally for me. Um, you know, one can can say that you know a lot of people have the view that marriage is merely the, an act of two people who love each other. Um, I I personally don't. That's not my personal definition of it. For me, marriage is the union of complementary sexes uh, bound by sincere uh, promises in order to protect and uphold the offspring of that relationship. Yeah, for uh, that's right. But why does that view that you hold for your own marriage have to because someone, uh, someone else? Or? Sure, sure. I'll get to that. Then I think in particular. Not only is that been the uh, the majority view, but that's been then enshrined in order to create a series of protections for the children who become the next generations that, that come up through the, uh, through society. And then now, if we move that away from being about uh, the notion of family to being about the individuals, uh, to me that 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 stops a series of, of important questions that, that can be raised even by the, the kids themselves. Uh, what right do people have to? Uh, access to their biological parents. Uh, what what right do they do they have to uh, ask a whole series of questions? And I, I mean, look, there's no there's no risk or doubt that uh, there's some fantastic gay parents who are raising uh, great kids. Um, I have also seen a huge number of kids uh, or, or kids uh, people who've written from that perspective saying that their ability to question that status quo or to have access to the other parent or to say yes you were great i loved you but i really missed this other piece of me um gets shut down because there's the um i guess reaction of the of the, of the uh gay lobby and the gay community to not have that seen as as being problematic um and i, I know there was a, a a couple of kids from um from ones that i saw recently that were saying uh kids uh, who have adopted have the right to say you know, I, I miss this part of me. Uh, kids are divorced to get, get have the right to say, you know, mum and dad, I want to see this other person. I, I, I want this contact. But that same freedom isn't established out in there. And uh, we move away from that, that sort of concept when we start talking about just the, the parties involved. And once we do that, uh, to my mind as well, it, it, it infringes on further freedoms of other sexualities. Why would a gay throuple have to miss out on that same protection. A gay what? A gay throuple. Three. Instead of a couple. Sorry, I must be behind the time. Yes. Bigamist relationships. Well, yeah. Polyamorous relationships. Why would we say, if love is our standard metric, that a gay throuple would not be afforded the same protections with sincerely held love? Or... A religious aspect of there. If we've got uh, a one percent Muslim population who are saying they would like polygamy to have their own sincerely held beliefs and ideas around family enshrined, and we've got a less than one percent gay population asking for the same thing, will we not extend it across there? And on what grounds will we say that this is acceptable at two, but is it really less than one percent? Sounds like alarmingly low. Depends which city we're between three and ten percent. If you look at current yeah. statistics around the world, I thought the current around the world in Australia, <laughs> the, the last uh, ABS stats were at uh, just below the one percent mark, then point nine something from from the last time I had a look. Mm, they don't have the best reliable stats. Australian statistics don't really look at that stuff actually. Yeah. 
But um, if I can, I mean, I had the same sort of conversation actually with my brother this week, which really surprised me, Ruben. And, you know, as, as a parent, I think it's great that you want your kids to have the best environment for growing up in good role models. Um, we had the same sort of conversation, which really shocked me. And he's like, oh, you know, I think my kids should have blah, 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 like a mother and a father. If I have kids, I'm like, okay, let me see. Your last two relationships broke up because you stopped sending money to a girl over in, in Bali. And you always complained to me growing up that our father never attended any of our birthday parties because he was an absentee father. And you're giving me this speech. Like, I know you, we grew up together, so cut the crap. <laughs> so basically, yeah, I know the whole, there must be a mother and a father to make marriage work kind of thing. Um, no, not I, only to make marriage work, if, but I'm saying that's what the understanding has been. If we're going to move away from that, the question is on, on what level, what, what are we going to talk about as, as a societal good? If we talk about marriage as being, in, in its majority, a good thing for families because it it creates yeah. that framework and a series of, of enshrined promises and expectations and flow-on effects. If yeah. you're going to be divorced, you can't just all of a sudden yeah. chuck your hand up and, and not have any uh, responsibilities. Although, uh, in the subsequent things and in light of the 1975 uh, mm. Divorce Act, as de facto relationships got recognised for the 80s, yeah. those same responsibilities start getting extended on from there. And we can go from there right back to the whole question of why the hell is the state involved full stop then in marriage at that point. But um, Yeah, I, I don't think that it's... I think there's two issues there. First of all is that you're right about where things could go. I mean, you've got 22 countries around the world that have same-sex marriage. None of those countries currently have um, major problems over, you know, discrimination against religion. There's still religion in all those countries. People still have choices with religion in those countries. None of those countries have now legalised, you know, polyamorous relationships. None of those countries have legalised bestiality. I mean, really? although on those, uh, there's a there's a big push in both America and Canada now for the polyamorous uh, things in there. On that same basis that they've put in there, and they've said we feel it's discriminatory if you're saying that it's okay for uh, to remove one barrier. Why are we putting the next barrier at the number? Uh, because which... people can still legislate. They can still choose. They still have, you know, just because people put up a bill to say, hey, I think that we should allow um, horse meat to be used in restaurants now. People might want that, but it's not going to get through Parliament. Because Absolutely. But it's, it's the things not... are getting more and more motion. The same thing, mm. the same, the same approach, because I mean, you look at, at gay marriage has had four tilts at Parliament since 2007. Yeah. Um, and it's going back there again. We're looking at saying it's getting more over and more traction themselves. And each yeah. time the, 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 the argument is coming back to that question of if I sincerely love someone, why should the state prevent us from having the full entitlements and the benefits of citizenry in that area. Yeah. We're not getting into the bestiality areas. I think there's no way that's going to get any serious traction in the uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, just as as with child marriage, it's remarkably unlikely yeah. to get things. Although, again, there's this is the thing that really surprised me was this increase in support for what they're calling pedosexuality over in the states, uh, rather than pedophilia. They they think if they change it to the sexuality definition in there that it becomes a case of identifying you can't discriminate on sexuality grounds and also I'm born this way and that's just my attraction. I really think you're overstating the swell of support for it. What do you mean? It's not swell of support. It's, it's, an inc- it's how it increased in acceptance in that thing, which is which surprised me. It's uh, it's not on a very wide level. I'm not saying it's starting to become something that they're seriously entertaining. I've never seen anyone anywhere go, yes, this is a good idea. I don't know what's on your news feed. On that note, I just want to lighten things up a little bit because I think where this is going with where marriage could lead to, I think 
it's probably just a little bit of scaremongering and maybe we could have a look at where marriage is right now. Mm-hmm. And I've got a little game for us to play. Yay, and it's called Hetero Fairy Tales. Okay. <laughs> and you have to give me a true or false, Reuben, All about right. whether you think these weddings happened at the moment because this is where the world is right now and if all these people can get married you know i think you might agree maybe by the end of this that are these australian examples or are we talking australian and overseas all right so true or false you ready man married his mobile phone to stop his girlfriend always checking up on him (laughs) that's so specific it must be true (laughs) um buddy and I think the country's going to come into there. I, I would say if it's in uh, Australia or America, it would be no, because it is still required between two people. This is true. A Los Angeles filmmaker, Aaron Chevenek, eloped to Vegas with his phone, which is ironic because he could have just stayed at home and played slots on his new wife. Um, repairman marries broken radiator, true or false? Repairman marries broken radiator. Again, is this in Australia or no? Are we talking here? Well, that's what we've got to ask. That's what you got to we got to yes. think. I, I think it's probably false. And that's false as well. Probably true, true. It is false. Jaquim Alphonse um, had many affairs with repair jobs but married a steam engine train because he choo-choo-choosed it to be his valentine. <laughs> Woman married um, the Berlin Wall. True or false? That one, I think think was true. I think I read that, that is one. true. Elijah Reader Berliner Mauer married the wall in front of guests in 1979, but was left scarred when the wall came down in 1989, quoted as saying that they mutilated my husband. What and is... also that the Great Wall of China is too thick and not sexy like my husband. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, out of curiosity, with these ones, are these marriages up, subsequently upheld by the state? These are legal marriages. Uh-huh. Including yes. the Vegas one. Because I've, I've had some... Some serious suspicions that, uh, upon further review with the, it Vegas. well, within Vegas it does, but it, because these things get ratified by the uh, by the United States uh, birth, death, and marriage. And just just I remember, here in Australia, <laughs> celebrants and religious groups can give you marriage certificates. So if your religious belief is to be a devil worshipper and you want to get married in the Church of Satan. Um, you can in Australia. I mean, same-sex marriages, no, no, like we don't want, you know, mm. gay people getting married because they love each other, but let's have a wedding where we can bite the heads off bats and that's all fine because that's... Gay people want to be able to bite the heads off bats too if they so want you'd be, to. you'd be surprised, yeah. <laughs> um, I how many people get married more. and bite the heads off bats, but... Well, well we'd be surprised. <laughs> Japanese man married an anime character, true or false? Oh, that's true, this is false. Oh. Sal married a video game character Nini Anagasaki on the Nintendo DS game Love Plus. Most normal guys see marriages game over, but they are still going strong despite the device and software being outdated. Did you write these tagline <laughs> things there? Or... <laughs> Not that GameStop would want to trade in following the honeymoon hijinks. Oh, that's oh, there's some gross things in there. Woman marries Statue of David. Uh, false. This is false. UK artist Tracy Emin oh. had a Hong Kong wedding to her garden rock as it was her life anchor, would never leave her for another and would stay hard, whatever that means. Mm. Mm. I can't imagine. Where did you get that? 
<laughs> that's, that happened no, in 2016. That happened in 2016. Last one. Were they, were they, were they her <laughs> words or are those your, yours in there? Well, I'm curious. <laughs> Last one. Woman married to roller coaster. They say marriage is a roller coaster. I'll go with that. I'm going to go with false. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. Amy Wolf Weber married the Ducks roller coaster in Pennsylvania after a bumpy courtship. She had to ride him 3,000 times before he said yes. After the wedding, she changed her surname to the manufacturer's name. I wonder if that got her a discount. <laughs> I do want, kind of want to have a look into these things at some point, because I, I feel very suspicious about whether or not these were ratified and remained valid marriages uh, within the States and that all, all continued. Uh, you know, if you go back to the, the UN's uh, human rights definition of marriage in there, it doesn't tick any of those boxes. But well, I don't I, think objects should... Well, I guess, <laughs> I guess the question is then, if that can be done, should it continue being done? Well, I, well, I'm, I'm confused because your essential... Your real argument is that the state shouldn't be involved. That's what you're ultimately getting at. But if that happened and they backed out of it somehow, mm-hmm. then what would be the perfect scenario? But if the state's not involved, then couldn't just anyone do what they want? Well, are people not doing what they want at the at the moment? I guess it's a question of uh, the state has an interest in. Uh, frankly, the state state's interest begins and ends with st- the stability of kids. Uh, that's that's really where it, it needs to. It's why there's. You know, I think it's more money wise and taxation wise and that sort of. Well, oh, you're still you're still taxing the same people. I mean, you're talking about household incomes. They're not based on whether or not the two yeah, people are married. Yeah, but I mean, in so. terms of, like, if you're married to someone and then you've got all those other... Like, it is different in the States. Stuff like that. You, you can go down in the in the States as a different status if you're married than if you're uh, gay from the tax status. Yeah. Um, but that that's a different situation to Australia uh, where you know, cohabitation is the only thing yeah. it's, it's based on there. Uh, possibly because our rate was so high ever since the 1980s, but... Um, you know, that's a whole other story. How you would want it then? It's just after three, I think. Yep. Okay, so we'll we've, had a, up. we've had an interesting discussion on some points. But yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let... Go for some clarification. What, what, what are you confused on at the moment? Well, this whole state involvement thing, like what's your perfect scenario then? Uh, my perfect scenario is that uh, the state can register any relationships that are in there and that relationships are afforded uh, the same uh, protections about what they want to do with their stuff um, and how they, they want to react across you know anything that's declared uh, legally uh, reasonable. I mean, obviously, we don't want a situation where the state's going, any and all relationship can do it. Otherwise, we get to a situation where there's... It, it is, but we're talking about the legality of whether or not, you know, age is going to be a, a perspective or, uh, you know, uh, people can marry, you know, or can be in a relationship with an inanimate object and, and uh, get benefits from there. There should be, a, yeah. I'm, I'm all for a line. The question, though, is uh, what is marriage, not what is a right for how a relationship should necessarily get recognised. And for me, that definition of marriage is, is, is such that if the state is going to be involved uh, in it, um, it it becomes very difficult for that to be the case unless that same definition is applied to each and every subset and group. And if that's not accepted on those on those areas, then you start to breach uh, freedoms that are guaranteed under the, uh, the the human rights things, along freedoms of, of assembly, freedoms of religion, and freedom of expression. Um, 
you start to say you can say this or you must say this, then you start to have a problem. Uh, so when the state starts to legislate marriage beyond, uh, you know, I guess a, a situation to protect the reproductive outcomes uh, and create the, the best stability for society uh, in in those family groups, and I think you start to have a a bit of a, a challenge as to what happens thereafter. I don't think they're worried about reproductive outcomes. I don't think that's what the state's doing. I think maybe a hundred years ago, but but like you said, even then they didn't have a formal. Yeah, we're we're only talking about a change to a federal act, the Marriage Act. Um, we're not talking. We're not trying to get any other laws changed. And well, like. Yeah, presently, but that's just scaremongering. You could say, wow, tomorrow, like, if we pass it, like, Australia could be swallowed up by the hell mouth, which, you know, scaremongering works by saying, this is what you're doing, this is what you want, but these are all the things that could possibly happen. I mean, I could possibly pop this, you know, strips in my mouth and choke and fall over and die, but I might not. I mean, I could just suck on it. But I'm with you there, but I guess for me it's not so much a question of... Uh, of, of scaremongering, as you say, because that talks about an outcome that's unlikely. Whereas mm. we look at every country where it has been put on this, what yeah. has happened. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean... And the only thing that's ha- happened ha- in these 22 countries is that two people who are in a committed relationship, who are law-abiding citizens, who give back to their community, who might be great, amazing parents, might be valued members of their family, are now got a marriage certificate and... It hasn't impacted on anyone else's marriage. That's like saying... You're talking about on their marriage. I'm talking about people's own individuals. We've got yeah, a series yeah. of situations where uh, people have been fired, where funding's been pulled from uh, institutions, where uh, people have been taken before human rights courts repeatedly, to the point that Canada uh, actually intervened and said a number of these matters are going to be not put to the human rights funds because they're put over, uh, over appeal. You've got uh, people whose businesses are being shut down uh, on the basis of whether or not they can act on their conscience and say, I'm making this for a, a marriage if my own internal, uh, most sincerely held belief is that marriage is something completely different. And I guess I'm wondering then... Uh, conscience. Can we, can we... There hasn't been any sign or signal from the gay marriage lobby that that's something they're prepared to factor in or to look at legislations around uh, protecting in, in those areas. And All these um, tax-free you know, institutions that are you know, religious ones, all of these corporations that put together their policies um, in regards to discriminating against people, I mean, we have laws about that. They aren't actually under scrutiny. They aren't getting changed. We're only discussing the change of the Marriage Act and whether same-sex couple get married. It's not going to affect anyone else's relationships in this room. It's not going to affect mm-hmm. our pets. Yeah. It's not going to affect whether, you know, the petrol price, price at the, the you know, station. It's, so it's interesting, but that's wrong. I've seen a number of people who have looked through the current acts and said there's, it's woefully weak on actual religious protections. Uh, and that question of uh, protection on uh, freedom of association and freedom of speech. Um, now you look at, for example, the people that had uh, the go at the IBM employee and required him to step down an external, uh, off an external board, uh, had nothing to do with his job, uh, was in his own time, and uh, it, was a, it was a Christian guy who was involved in an external uh, uh, scholarship board that had a view also on gay marriage. It was uh, petitioned against, and uh, people were saying, you know, uh, IBM is a signatory of the uh, the marriage equality um, mm-hmm. yeah. intentions. Uh, how can you employ someone who is doing 
something else on a board that may have a view against this. And so you start to get to a point where it's legislating its employees' views. You've also got the army. Uh, yeah. the it does seem like a conflict of interest, though, if he's on the board. Why is, his, is, he, is it a conflict of interest? Is he on the board itself of IBM? No, he's, uh, he was one of the senior managers. He's not on the IBM board. But also mm. someone's view on marriage, how does that affect a computer company? In Australia, we have anti-discrimination laws that protect people's religious views. So, you know, if I was, I can't effectively get fired from my office on who I believe in, if I think, you know, God invented the world in six days, or if I think a giant Cthulhu came out of the ocean and created everything, I mean, I could sue them. I've got legal recourse. And, um, if you've got the funds. Yeah, marriage, marriage doesn't... Other people's marriage doesn't really affect my ability to do my work, um, and that's not really going to change with a change in the Marriage Act. I mean, yeah. people will still be able to go about, have their freedom of speech, enjoy all their Australian rights. It just means a group of Australians who don't have some rights will now be treated equally. Well, again, my point is that in each of the countries about to come on, that has then begun to change and shift and be put into legislation specifically around that issue. Uh, I'm wondering... Well, I mean, like that IBM guy, we don't even have same-sex marriage, and that happened. So how's it going to make a difference? If we well, it, it goes to show that there's a, a big gap in actually what these uh, protections are for... Well, then we need to look at them as well, but Absolutely. also have same-sex marriage. So it seems like you agree with same-sex marriage as long as you can have those... Well, it's, a question of, it's, it's not a question of do I agree with same-sex marriage, because that's a personal stance. What you're talking about is would I be uh, more comfortable... With same-sex marriage being put in, if there was greater protections around whether or not people have the freedom to uh, hate, <laughs> but how is it hate? <laughs> if if my definition specifically revolves around not only a, a sincerely held belief, but a notion, like if we go back to Christians for a second, we're talking about people who are saying, uh, "I believe in a creator, I believe in a creation, I believe therefore there's a purpose behind that creation." Male and female are made, therefore, to be put together. It's evidenced by the offspring that comes here, and here is marriage in a specific context which applies around there. Now, if your kids come to you and say, Mom and Dad, what is marriage? And you say, this is what it is. And they say, this is what we're told it has to be. You're wrong. Uh, or they go to school and they're told, no, your parents aren't allowed to have that view. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying you can't have that view. They're just saying yeah. that view is an outdated construct that's yeah. now being superseded by a more humane and, you know... Well, as a parent, if you want to teach your kids certain religious values, mm-hmm. if you want to teach them how to hold a spoon while you're yeah. doing crack or something or ice or something, yeah. you can do that as a parent. You don't have to you facts afraid. might say something about that last thing. Maybe probably not, but, you know, your, your job as a parent is to give them values, the school is to educate them. Yeah. Same-sex marriage, if people two people have marriage, certificate it's not going to affect your ability to be a parent um i think as far as the hate thing goes i'm just going to give you a quick example which is the bakery example mm-hmm. you could have a religious baker who might not want two same-sex people to get married and won't sell them a marriage cake like a, ba- a proper cake with wedding cake I wedding think. cake thank you sir um but you know he'll i will buy from the baker freaking donuts and biscuits and bread and milk and he won't have problems selling me anything else but the reason he's not giving me a wedding cake is just simple discrimination. Mm. Like but if it's for a civil celebrant cake, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Sorry, Ruben. I just it doesn't make sense. So go for what, what doesn't make sense? None of it. You just nothing that they do has any impact on your life whatsoever. You've got your idea of what marriage is, and that's great. And you do that, and you do that every day, and, and tell your kids about it, and that's awesome. But if someone else wants to get married and it has a different view on it, then 
that's their issue. I don't see how it has any impact on your life at all. I don't understand how you don't see that there's an impact that flows on from You might never meet them. If they call themselves married or they call themselves blue or red or, you know, I'm a Zargon from planet Xenu and it's like, that's fantastic and you'll never know about okay, it. Hang on, I've got so just I a just, quick... I've been talking much because uh, I'm not too clever on this issue, but will if this marriage act is updated, will it affect other people financially? Do we have to pay extra taxes or so on? Well, gay people are already paying taxes to support straight people's kids' education. Yeah. Straight people who probably smoke and do crack go to hospitals and use our public health service. You could um, also argue that then the offspring of those heterosexual relationships then have to have their taxes taken to support the higher rates of drug addiction and sexual, sexually transmitted diseases in the gay community. If we're going to go on that front, if you're going to say there's the worst on, on each end higher? of the occasion. We've actually gotten our rates down in the last six Significantly years. Significantly higher. Significantly less. They've done the study on in this. The throat has been up in the last three, higher than it's been in the last little while. I think 70% it went up. For straight uh, or gay people? Uh, gay people and, and men's throats in particular. HIV has gone right down. HIV has gone down for it's sure. It's gone down for sure. Uh, still, the, the rates of, uh, of drug use alcoholism and uh, what was the other one that went up recently? Um, Same-sex marriage is only going to help reduce all of that, Ruben. Will it? (laughs) Because two people being committed in a loving relationship knowing that that relationship's recognised by law gives them something to look forward to, gives them a chance to build a strong relationship and a future together. Look, I hear you on that, on that front for a second, but, I mean, again, the statistics don't say that that's, that's the case. And the, the ones that I was reading just the other day, uh, we're looking at 40% of homosexual men have had between 100 to 1,000 sexual partners. Uh, another 20% Because straight already... people couldn't possibly be promiscuous or get STDs because they're, like, from Krypton. Oh, the, uh, <laughs> the rates that they're talking about there are significantly above the heterosexual rates, and they were compared to them in there. Uh, and, the, and, the, and the frequencies. I saw a number of, of uh, gay commenters who were saying that they were against the concept of gay marriage because they fought so hard for that lifestyle, in fact, to be accepted and say, you know, as a, as a promiscuous homosexual man, I, I am against sure, this whole notion. Some people have had emotion, just like people in Nimbin have probably fought for their right to have alternate promiscuous hedonistic lifestyles in their community. Without a doubt. I don't think those people are necessarily asking for that then to be defined as marriage. For the ones who are up in, in Nimbin who want to have a... a 80-person, you know, commune family that smokes weed and dances under nude under starlight. And I'm know. moving to Nimbin. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, I was born there. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> Is it ironic? No, no, no. In a commune. Um, but, what? Yeah, yeah. My father was a... Uh, they, all, they both went up there. My mum was from North Sydney and well-to-do family. Was a father was a doctor and her and my dad just fled up to the north and lived in the jungle and... Yeah, I don't remember much because I think they left when I was fired because the drugs had got a bit too heavy. But yeah, no, I mean, we all, I don't know why I totally derailed the, um, I was going to say thread. It's too much time on Facebook. But, you know, basically, I think we're coming to, what is it now, an hour and 20? Yeah. And uh, we've got to sort of add, add what we can air. Like, it's all a right. fascinating discussion. I, th- I could happily talk about it all afternoon. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I was pretty silent because uh, it was just fascinating to hear two two opposite sides meeting live, yeah. not on Facebook, no Facebook rants yeah. or linking to articles, you know. But can I ask you guys to have maybe one final statement, uh, just to maybe to cl- as to close? Oh, gee, <laughs> it's so much pressure. I mean, I guess I just want people to remember that um, marriage isn't traditional. It's not. I mean, marriage 
was before religion. You know, two people would get together and, you know, would love each other or have families. I mean, marriage has been around so long. And then people started, as you said, defining it. It's changed over time. I mean, you know, women aren't treated like property anymore. You can't marry 12-year-old girls. It's looked down upon if, you, you know, you're marrying your brother's your dead brother's wife or, you know, I can't marry my wife's slaves. I mean, things have changed with marriage and they still do. And we've got divorce now and we've got people that don't want to marry who are in de facto relationships. We've got people who don't want to have kids. They want to have careers. Maybe they're infertile. Maybe we've got, you know, I'm from a single parent family. My mum was amazing raising five kids, working her ass off. She taught us all amazing values. We look out for each other. We really care about each other. Um, you won't find a more loving family than mine. We will just get together and laugh nonstop in the kitchen, just eating. Um, and family and marriage isn't what it used to be, and you can't hold back progress. You can try, but eventually, which is where we're at now, the, the damn wall is going to burst. Yeah. Things are changing. People are changing. The society we live in today, the law sometimes needs to catch up to where we are. You've got gay families. You've got gay weddings happening. People are spending their pink dollars out of Australia. We've got freaking problems with the economy and unemployment. And you've got people picking up overseas wedding packages to go and get married in other countries, in Ireland and New Zealand. New Zealand. <laughs> and, you know, we should have this sort of stuff bumping up people's jobs and businesses here. We should have families treated equally, kids holding their heads up high at school here. We want to reduce barriers legally. We want to reduce bullying. We want to reduce suicide, mental health problems. And we want people to be happy. We want to send them to celebrate their love. I know heaps of people who are in miserable relationships, happy relationships, gay and straight, people who are gay, who have kids, um, people who I've gone to school with. Um, I'm happy for all of my straight friends. I'm there when... You know, they need me to babysit. I'm there to be happy for their marriages and their families. I never voted about whether they could get married. I never voted about whether they were allowed to have kids. I never made them do any tests. I never treated them any differently to myself or my other friends or family. I don't discriminate against any of my friends here. I let them have their views. I don't judge them on their views. I judge them on who they are as a person and what they bring to Australia and what they bring to their community. Um, that's how I know you guys because you're my heroes and that's why I've reached out to you and why I love hanging out with you because there's so many things about you that I do admire. A change in opinion or two isn't going to change how I feel about any of you. It's not going to stop me being there to support you guys and I just want to be in Australia where it goes both ways for people who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. If they're in love with someone and they want a marriage certificate, I want them to have the right to choose to have that. Even if they don't want to get married, like, you know, straight people or they want to have a single parent family or whatever they want, give them the right to make that decision legally. Give them that certificate so those people who are already married, who already have families, who are gay now in Australia can be happy and proud and get on with the job of being good people. That's all I want to say. Yeah. Right. I better get a hug after that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Ruben, uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. That's right. Like, I know you've had such a. I think yeah. you know you've had had an easy job today, and I don't want anyone yeah. to be hating no. on Ruben for his views. And no, I think no, 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 no. your views about freedom, everything you've had to say, is really interesting. Is really yeah. important as well. And you know, just whatever you got to say, like it's all good. Sure, sure. <laughs> Look, I, I guess the first thing I want to say is that 
Um, one of the things I enjoy most, especially about you, Ben, is that your engagement on these things in all the areas has actually been uh, always very respectful. And uh, right, the, the understanding of, of, a, of a discussion, I think, is actually far more helpful. What the, what the area has devolved into has been uh, you know, so much... Uh, I call it Chardonnay socialism, the, the notion that if you can find something to get ardently behind from your armchair, it's, uh, you know, it, it's sort of where it's at. And so there's people who have very rarely thought through these things to a significant extent uh, and, you know, they capture buzz words so they can look, you know, good in front of uh, the friends list, essentially. You know, you get that tribalism and that question of virtue signaling and things along those lines. Does someone define virtue what? signaling again? It's, <laughs> virtue signaling is to, is, is to show and share that you share your group's core value so that everyone knows that you fit in that same group and they can laud you for having that same value. Uh, like when people update their profile picture on yeah. Facebook, which oh. I never do. All, all the filters <laughs> Doesn't mean I don't care. Yeah. And, <laughs> and look, I think, I think that's one of the things I respect most about you is that it's something that you've thought through uh, comprehensively. It's something you're prepared to engage with thoughtfully and that at each of those aspects has, has been done so respectfully. Um, so it's, you know, it's one of the, the big things that I, uh, I admire about you in, uh, in, in many of the ways and uh, it, it retains that, uh, that respect even though we're on different sides of the, the fence in this particular uh, fact it doesn't change my admiration of you or uh, fist bumpy. on there. Boom. Oh, I was hoping for. There was a life fist bump. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a fist bump. My, my closing thoughts, at least as far as uh, as my stance goes, remains a, a number of things. One is that I've I've yet to have someone ever explain why it is that the couple are protected but the thruple are not. Um, and, and no one's yet yet really given me a solid answer around that. You know, if we if we are going to say uh, that. Adults should have their love recognised, and I think we need to at least have uh, a recognition of, of are we talking about one specific uh, area or or not, um, and and why that merits yeah. discrimination against other sexualities in there. I guess my other one is in, is that uh, my my personal feeling is that marriage is by its, its very nature an institution uh, discriminatory. Its its requirements uh, um, have been around uh, the uh, whether or not the participants can be related, whether or not they can be, how, how many they can be, what kind of sex they, they have to be, how long they can have known each other. Um, Unless how you're long... in Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, and, and again, also in Australia, as you mentioned in, in the States, like anything goes in some of these things. You get people who wander into Vegas and I think it's a terrible thing in and of itself. Um, for me, the more, the more I work to try and understand uh, uh, marriage at, at its core and the more I tried to work around the concept of being a husband and a dad um, the better I became at sort of uh, at, at both in its theory of course um, for people who, who know me and who've been out there uh, in spite of all of that I still wound up divorced uh, my, for, for those who want to know how that happened uh, my, my ex had an affair and, and left us and I have I was left with three kids to figure out what happens next um, wasn't a great experience. And I, I feel a lot of sadness for the way that marriage has slowly eroded over probably the last, you know, 30, 40 years to the, the point where uh, so much pain can come out of these, these things in and of itself. My personal response to that is that, um, uh, you know, I, I would rather see marriage protected than, um, 
in its form for for the roles that it does within family notions and things, rather than say, is it is it worth just chopping other bits off it? But maybe I'm wrong on this one. Yeah, it could be that people could say, you know, what's the what's the point regardless? Maybe. And if that's if that's the way that the nation wants to go, then I mean I think the, the role is in there uh, to absolutely respect that. But for me personally, um, I think marriage, in particular, in that uh, reproductive context, uh, especially, uh, deserves a, a special concept around it, so that people uh, approach it with thought and with uh, with care, and uh, that that is something that influences then how we think about what we do with. The offspring of those relationships, and that's really where, where my central thought remains, and and will continue to come from on that on that area. Um, if we if we want to move it away from that, I think then the society's got to be mature enough to actually have that conversation without an immediate label of being hateful or bigoted in there. But to say, uh, are we going to find a specific societal good in this change? And if so, um, that's something that can, that can absolutely be explored. And uh, I like that. that's well, well spoken. Well, thank you very much. And look, yeah, I think. The points that you've raised today, Ben, have, have really resonated with me as well as some things I'll, I'll be thinking about uh, very deeply. And I really appreciate you know you taking the time to to put those out. Oh, in the that's way okay, that you dude. Have. Hey, it's nice to hang out with you guys. And everyone's talking about this debate; it's going to be huge. Yeah, I mean, apparently there's a protest next Saturday in the city, mm. um, March or something. So I'll try and post a link to that when I put this up. Yeah. And it's been heavy going today, but, you know, yeah. anyone's tuning in, um, you know, we, we'd like to talk about lots of cool things, banana splits as well, so <laughs> make sure you keep tuning in. There's always interesting things happening here, and thanks very much, guys, for letting me come along today and, I guess, represent the Rainbow community. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming all the way to Bass Hill from sunny Maroubra. Uh, wow. Okay. And Ruben from, I think, a little further away, out west. So. I thank you so much really? for both of you coming and then being very mature without the name calling and stuff that you typically see on online uh, social media interaction yeah well I think um, that's very important that and, like you mentioned the respectful thing yeah, and to, to hear uh, both of your conclusions uh, it was brought here to my eye um, oh, yeah sorry. hang on I've got to show you the tear to Vin's eye <laughs> uh, yeah there's, there's no onions to that um you know, but uh, what Ruben said was, uh, it's interesting how, because my friend, he's a deep conservative Catholic, he's Italian, and then he's, he changed his profile picture to, to say no, and then he got oh, chastised wow. immediately. Mm. Um, so I would, I would agree 100% that anyone who's on the opposite side to be like uh, persecuted and stuff, that's, that's not on. Um, yeah, like I've seen, I've had a lot of friends on my list go, look, if you're, if you're going to vote no, then delete yourself from my friends list. And personally, I think that's a little bit too far like I, I only a little bit well <laughs> I can sort of see where they're coming from because they make it a really black and white argument whereas for me I've always been pretty laid back and I know a lot of my friends have got very different opinions on lots of things like the whole content trigger warning thing I have an, oh, I love arguing yes. with people about oh that oh my god if I see one more meme saying triggered yeah it's just crept into like every oh. <laughs> so there's lots of things like get your shit together people to me that's <laughs> You know, the essence of, of living life is engaging with people and occasionally coming across something that you don't exactly see eye to eye on. And then Are you going to put a trigger warning before this thing goes out? No, no. <laughs> well, that's the ironic thing. I help out on a page called Beyond Cosplay and I've had, have had to change uh, how I share it. I must warn people about the swearing, but, I mean, that's fair enough. So, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I just really thank you guys for coming in.
been a lot of fun and uh, yeah, yeah so thank you for listening to the podcast it's been a long one hopefully you guys uh, out there on the interwebs have, have learned something from this debate as with uh, both of our debaters today so uh, thank you so much my name is Vin Patrick Benjamin. Big Ben <laughs> and Ruben yeah, yeah. have a week <laughs>